And welcome once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and you can find me on Twitter at Bob McDonald. Jimmy Lemke, who you can find on Twitter at PantherU, is a bit under under the weather today. Actually, I feel kind of bad. I think I might have uh, I, I think I might have uh, spread my uh, my disease from last week to him over the uh, over our last recording session. So get well soon, Jimmy. But uh, filling in with him is uh, Jim Saro. Hey, Bob. Thanks for having me. And I wanted to let you know for those on the uh, Twitter world, I am awake and i am not stoned based on last week's uh <laughs> podcast yeah I, I i i didn't realize i had woken up jimmy last week so that's uh, my bad to jimmy on that one as well so i i'm sorry for i'm sorry for transmitting my my disease through the uh through the internet and also waking you up last week so yes um so um so jim yeah i, I really appreciate you coming uh filling in for jimmy this week um which this week and uh at jim saro s-a-r-o-w is your uh people can follow you there that's correct yep, yep. and this is a this week is probably tailor made for me. We got a lot of good stuff that's in my wheelhouse. You are absolutely correct. Today is the we're, we are going to talk about a lot of this, uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, we are now halfway through the conference schedule, so we're gonna we're we're gonna touch upon you know the ins and outs and the ups and downs of of that. But but we are going to start this week with an announcement, not from us, obviously. But we're going to start with the Horizon League making an announcement. Apparently, they didn't want to wait until the absolute last minute to let us know where the the conference tournament was going to be after they left Detroit this week this year, after they left Little Caesars Arena, and see if we can guess what where they ended up. Oh wait, we already did in September. It's going to Indianapolis. It, yeah, so this is going to Farmers Insurance Arena in Indianapolis. So essentially, you know, I, I don't know how much they Jim. I don't know how much they pay their those consultants. They wanted to bring in, but they should scratch a check to me instead, because I literally we- said the same thing in our September uh, in episode 34. And in fact, I'm pretty sure we tweeted it out on our uh, on our uh, on the Horizon Roundtable Twitter accounts at Horizon RT, I believe, and I'm pretty sure episode 34, where we talked about the end of Motor City Madness. I at the 33 minute mark said, "We know where this is going," and it went exactly as it went. <laughs> For certain, you nailed that, and I, I'm guessing you probably haven't given yourself enough credit, Bob, because go back to June of 2016, I believe, when IUPUI was announced that they were joining the league, or is that, no, excuse me, June of 17? Yes. I'm guessing you probably said it then, too, and just don't remember saying it. Like, this has I, been... I don't have it recorded saying that. I probably don't, because the, the podcast hasn't been uh, hasn't been back that long. Got it. But, but you are, but that, that may be very accurate, and as I understand it correctly, many, many people have been hoping... I, let, let's be honest, okay? A lot of a lot of Horizon League fans, including those who are no longer with us, Sorry, Valpo fans. Um, when the whole idea of a centralized neutral site, quote unquote neutral site, for a Horizon League tournament, when this whole idea came to came to the fore, we were all very into. We thought really because the because of the Horizon League is is based in Indianapolis, because Indianapolis is probably the most central location to all of the Horizon League schools, Green Bay notwithstanding. Because of that, and there were, it was a lot of, and this was what again, this is. Probably Probably about in 2015 that we were saying this. That Indianapolis made a much it was made much more sense as a as the location for the tournament than did Detroit. And include and it also kind of you know at that point in time since there was no school in Indianapolis at that point in time it also kind of bolstered that idea of neutrality. But that didn't you know, happen, Bob, obviously. I'd say you are nailing it right here because the idea of Indianapolis. I don't think anybody that's a fan of the league is against. Indianapolis. 
Indianapolis oh. as a, and the venue at 6,800 seats and recently remodeled with like a 50 or $60 million renovation yeah, in the last five years is actually probably really good for a neutral site tournament. Okay. It's the idea though that it's IUPUI's freaking home and they have done nothing to deserve hosting the semifinals and finals of this tournament. Oh. And you can tell me about a neutral court paint and all this other stuff. It's their home gym for God's sake. And I'm glad you brought that up. So fast forward two years. <laughs> fast forward two years after they made the announcement that after after announcing Motor City Madness, fast forward two years, Valpo leaves, IUPUI comes in, now this whole idea of a neutral court kind of goes out the window. And then the next year, of course, as we all kind of predicted, you know, Motor City Madness will no, was announced that it was going to no longer be Motor City Madness. It was going to go away. I mean, and, and that made sense too. Obviously, as, as, as I saw it, it was, and I mentioned it in, in, in September as well, the city, uh, the um, Olympia Entertainment, who were, was the, uh, was the, were the people who were running Motor City Madness, they, their whole goal was this to be, from an organizational standpoint, not necessarily an attendance, from an organizational standpoint, to show other body, other entities that they could organize and put together a tournament, uh, a tournament format successfully, which they, ha- which I, I, I think we can all objectively agree, Olympia Entertainment did their job in terms of putting together the tournament. Not necessarily, Olympia, not necessarily the draw, but the actual putting together and create and, and organizing and running the tournament from an organizational o- standpoint. Olympia did from a facility standpoint, and I went to two of the three, as I've mentioned on the, on the Battle Royale. Yeah. They did a great job as a host venue. It yes. was first class all the way. They were giving, uh, from the league, multiple different formats that I don't think were actually ever going to successfully bring fans to uh, Detroit. Aside from the, you know, the perception people have of Detroit, but still weigh the tournament down, you know, playing all the way to Tuesday. Like, it's never, it was never going to be successful in that building with that format, but they did a great job with it. And so they should commend it and should in the two years that we got playing Little Caesars as, like, maybe the pinnacle of this tournament from facilities and current hosting standpoint. And, the, and that's their whole point. And they and, 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 um, the for using for hot tournament or they can, they can just look for, they can use the foundation to bring in a, a you know, maybe a, a, bring in the 10 tournament. Not necessarily all of them, just one, because obviously Big Ten tournaments all over the place, you know, very Various, various places, but yeah, that was their point, and they did, well, and they made their point. Well, maybe now the Indiana Farmers Coliseum can be a gateway to hosting the ECHL Hockey All Star Game or the Indiana State <laughs> High School Girls Championship Tournament. Maybe now they've got the gateway to that because they've got the Horizon League to use and <laughs> as, as a way to show they can put on a first class tournament too. Now, yeah, I mean, and, and again, now and again, not to say that Indianapolis isn't the uh, isn't a from a locational stamp from a city standpoint, from a geographical standpoint, not to say that Indianapolis from a geographical standpoint isn't a, isn't an ideal spot for this tournament, because you know, I think, you know, we can all we, we can all agree that, you know, that this is a good spot, this sh- this is where it should have been in the first place. The question now becomes, and I'm glad, uh, this is kind of the primary reason why I'm glad we, we have you on today, because in, during the Fall Fan Forum you were the one who actually actually brought up that because I didn't even see this when they put out the release about this whole entire search thing. You were the one who actually pointed out the fact that in that release they mentioned specifically the Horizon League did, that the venue must not be, may not be a primary homes, uh, home arena of a Horizon League school. You were the one who actually pointed that out. And you, That information is absolutely in their press release for their RFP that they had. It is. You can still find it today on the website if you look yep. hard enough for it. Uh, I think what this really goes to, to show is that either they were you know, the words primary home venue means something different to you and me than it does to the Horizon League office, or it could show that the other bidding uh, venues really weren't up to par as to what it could be in Indianapolis, and they decided that it was worth it to 
you know over you know go over their own word. Uh, I do have a little insight that I was told that oh. uh, there was some polling that went out to some of the student athletes, and they were in in favor of playing in Indianapolis. I don't know sure. if that's accurate or not, but uh, I, I like would think I, I, again. I think that, I think the and I and honestly, again, from a geographical standpoint, I think we're all on the same page. Be it fans, be it student athletes, it, that's not, that location in Indianapolis from a geographical standpoint is probably the most ideal one for for the Horizon for Horizon League schools in general. So that may, would make sense that the that a student the athlete that players would be on board with that as well. And I'm not you know we, so that that makes perfect sense to me. Um, it, it, again, it's the, the the big thing though is that it's they, IUPUI's gym for God's sake. It's like how can you give the worst the newest? I have program? many questions <laughs> about that. I mean, I have so many questions about that. Um, I mean, not from and again, not from an organizational standpoint because obviously the, the IUPUI itself does not run the gym. Obviously, it's an off-campus facility and it's actually run by the I think the Indiana State Fair because it, it, it's on the Indiana State Fairgrounds. So that's their entity that manages that facility, which also manages I believe uh, they they have a minor league hockey team in that arena as well. So and uh, and various other uh, concerts and events that the the state fair uh, the state fairgrounds you know that that management company runs. So um, I don't doubt that the management company itself, who obviously has some experience in putting together events. Of large and small, I don't doubt that they they have the ability to organize. The, the, but to your point, it still comes down to the fact that it's still IUPUI's home court. Now, which brings me to another question. This is this is a and this is the other. But and that that confuses me a little because you can't then have the follow up question of is he, is IUPUI going to move back to in, uh, back to their back to on campus? Does be, uh, that doesn't make it? I would sense say absolutely not. They're going to move no. back on campus. They're actually starting to draw a handful of games over the 1200 person capacity of the jungle for yes. sure you're like not going to limit your program and give yourself no upside growth by no. going back to a, you know a high school gymnasium for your men's basketball team exactly. so no that's not happening so the so when you look at that and i'm glad you brought that up because and they just renovated farmers insurance arena and, and they it, need content when you put exactly. that kind of money into a building you need content so they're going to want those extra 15 games so there is no way on the planet that they were going to cut, cut their nose off to spite their face to they're not going to do that so yeah so so that that leads us to the next question is okay because the because the during the because obviously the the conference had a uh, had a tel- you know had a kind of phone conference uh, announcing this move on the last Friday last week. Um, I mean, basically, it was just pretty much self you know you know it was it was your regular run of the mill self congratulatory we're so awesome type of thing. Even though let's face it, you probably spent money that you didn't even need to because let's face it, you could have just did this in the first place without spending any money. Hello. <laughs> or you could have just, or you could have just paid me, paid me, paid me twenty five bucks for the five minutes I just said it in September. I'll, I should, I should invoice that too, by the way. <laughs> or apparently they could just call ESPN and say, "Hey, where do you want the tournament?" Because at the end of the day, the other big fail in all of this that we haven't gotten to is the format of the tournament really still isn't improved enough that it's going to be successful. Now you're going to play a semifinal and final on a Monday and Tuesday night in a city where you know it's close, but people are going to have to like make a short notice decision to drive to the games. I, I'm not sure that the Horizon League fan is going to say, oh, I'm going to pop over to Indianapolis, you know, if you're in Milwaukee, a four-hour drive. If you're in Cleveland, a five-hour drive. I'm not sure they're just going to pick up and go there on the off chance their team makes it to the semifinals or finals. And well, apparently, see, this is all ESPNing that. That's an excellent... Uh, see, that's... And again, that is the other thing and that is the other question that I have that didn't get answered. That actually... what well, that, that was a question that was asked on the call regarding the conference tournament format. That The question was... 
will the conference tournament format change? And honest, I'll be honest with you. I think truthfully, the issue, the primary issue, was the fact that um, they couldn't get the as and we we argued about we 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 just, Jimmy and I discussed this previously that the format changed. We felt because the Horizon League couldn't get the dates at Little Caesars Arena, so they could only get the two days, and then they decided to blow up the entire their entire format, um, their entire format. So the question now becomes: Do they change that format back and they stop doing this? They don't do this top eight teams nonsense next year. And I don't think they do. I think I truthfully think because they're playing they're playing at Farmers Insurance Arena because they're playing in that facility. They have a little. They have a. They have much more leeway to set specific dates so that instead of this truncated two day thing that they're doing at Little Caesars Arena, which incidentally isn't going to get that many. You know, uh, it's going to be limited to the four teams in the Horizon League as opposed to all the teams in the Horizon League. They go back to a format that will allow every single uh, that allow fans from every single Horizon League school to participate. As it should yep. have been, as, as what they did with Little Caesars, as they did with Little, uh, orig- in the original history of Little Caesars Arena, as, which obviously didn't do this time. I think a couple things there, I don't think the format's going back to the all eight, or excuse me, all ten teams, or even all eight of the eight teams that make it. I, I say that for two reasons. One, in the press release on Friday regarding the move to Indianapolis, um, they had the dates listed in there. It said dates to be listed, and at the bottom it had the dates of, you know, Monday and Tuesday for the from 2020, 2021, and 2022. So it's already out there what they have. And also, I mean, I don't know a lot about the legal legalities of these things, but if you're booking a venue, wouldn't you have it in contract? What days you need the venue today? So it feels like they only have a plan to keep this four-team thing going because you don't know that the venue itself isn't going to book out hockey or another concert on the Saturday or Sunday that you'd need the arena. It feels to me like you would lock that stuff all in on the front end and say, okay, we're doing three years, we need these dates, and this is what we're rolling with. But I think that's a huge fail because we haven't tested this format yet, so now you're committing to it before you've even tested it. This is the first year, this year in 2019, that they're using it. So why lock into it for three more years until you know what, what that it's going to work or be successful? So I'm I'm just up in arms over the format and over the IUPI home gym factor. I mean, otherwise, I would say huge win to go to Indianapolis, but they just kind of missed the boat on how to really execute this thing, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, th- th- that is that is kind of bizarre. I, the whole thing is kind of bizarre to me. And, I, you know, they, and again, this is not, I'm not a, you know, I'm, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and not complain about it, given the fact that my team is probably going to be one of the one of the nine or ten teams that doesn't even make it to the tournament this year. I'm still holding to that because yeah, what do you do? You beat Youngstown State. You still only won one game in nine uh, halfway through. So yeah, um, but it, it's uh, it, it just appears it, to me at least it seems like a very kind of stunted thing where okay, you're only going to have eight teams. You pretty much and and I'm and the other part of this is is that you have pretty much you have to me at least really kind of drove home the fact that for all the talk of anything from expansion of the league to more team for to more schools this pretty much tells me that you're good with 10 teams you're good with this format that's it and that's it I mean well, th- this tells me that they need to find every possible d1 team within a two-hour radius that uh, was willing to move to the horizon league and get them in the league so they have a chance to make this successful like go grab Fort Wayne go grab whoever you know and get them in the league so if we're going to 12 you've got teams that can actually get to this tournament with their fans because otherwise I think it's going to be another albatross. It's just going to be a uh, smaller venue of empty seats that might look slightly better on TV for those who care about that kind of thing. Well, that is well. To be fair, honestly, I mean that's you know because of the size of the arena. I mean it's going to be. I mean in all honestly, in all honesty, it's it's. I mean for, again from a venue standpoint, it is it is ideal. It's way smaller than Little Caesars Arena. It's, it's centrally located. I mean it, uh, again, if it wasn't because of the 
the format that apparently seems to be going on unless they magically change their mind. They have that, which obviously they're well within their rights to do, but, um, you, yeah, there, there's a lot of, and the other question that I have as well, who, they mentioned on the call that they picked Indianapolis between, out of three finalists. Jim, I understand you had a uh, speculation who the other two finalists were. <laughs> yeah, I think I had on Twitter that it was the the jungle on IUPUI's campus, and then it was the blacktop uh, basketball courts on IUPUI's campus. So it seemed like there was no way they weren't going to this uh, Indianapolis format. Yeah. This is, you know, <laughs> I have I have two things that are kind of also sticking with me on this news. Uh, number one, I think I counted on the Horizon League Twitter feed. They had twelve retweets that they liked or about this. Eight of them were for people from Indianapolis. Yeah. One was from Scott Nagy. One was from the Green Bay Press Gazette, and I can't remember who the other two were from. And yet I saw hundreds. <laughs> yeah, I, as I say, and I saw hundreds of negative comments on the internet. Like, there's really not a pulse for what the fans wanted here. And then the there, other thing. Oh, go see, ahead, Bob. That's the thing. There never is. I mean, it's it's. Um, I understand. Uh, for years, I have understood kind of the focus of the league. It has always been about. It is. It is, and, and understandably, though, I get it. It's understand. It is about the student athletes. Period. All right. It, it that is that is what it is, and that's fine. That that's great. I mean, you are you are to to this conference's credit, they are very focused, highly focused on the on the the experience of the student athlete. I totally get that. Well, this format actually, I, I kind of disagree with that being in line then, because I think of Green Bay right now, kind of sitting in that six or seven range in the standings. Mm-hmm. They're likely if if things ended today, they'd either need to go to Cincinnati area to play, either Dayton or Cincinnati to play, or they'd yeah. go to Detroit to play. So that would be the first round. And then if they won, they'd come home to Green Bay and then go back out to Indianapolis to play the next couple rounds. You're telling me that's better than just sending everybody to Indianapolis at one time and playing for four days and getting it over with? I mean, you can't tell me this has a student athlete in mind with this ridiculous format that they're using. Oh, incidentally, I'd like to point out one additional thing um, with regards to this whole question about the about the Farmers Insurance Con- Coliseum and this whole issue with the with the the, the pri- this whole primary venue uh, issue. Um, I think I figured out where they did the end around here because you see, as you know, the tournament is of course uh, th- this th- this venue is going to host both the men's and the women's tournament. The IUPUI women do not play at. Farmers Insurance Arena. They play in the jungle still. That is uh, welcome very to weak. the end around. <laughs> I was say that's the weakest loophole I've ever. Yes, it is. You know, one other thing I wanted before we get on to other topics, maybe. Yes. But uh, one other, it kind of feels like a big middle finger to uh, Little Caesars Arena and Olympia. Why are you announcing your 2020 tournament host before you even play your 2019 tournament? Like, why wouldn't you focus all that attention and effort on getting people to actually go to your tournament this year, as opposed to releasing this for next year? Like, you that, couldn't have done this in April? Well, no, just... well, I mean, timing has never been, honestly, timing has never been the Horizon League strong suit, especially in the last couple of years. Um, I I honestly would have thought that they would probably would have made this announcement sometime when everybody was there, like in March, to your point, that they announced it at the end of uh, end of Ju- end of January when teams were still playing. I don't know. I mean, the, the the whole the whole thing has been kind of a mystery. I mean, we'll we'll never we'll, we will probably never know who the other two finalists were in this whole thing. Um, we'll probably never we, we'll, we probably won't know a lot of different things. And I'm not you know I'm not really in a yeah. And again, I'm not as I as I mentioned, I'm not I'm kind of not in a position to be uh, you know as as the fan of a team that's in the bottom two. I guess I'm kind of not in a position to be uh, terribly picky at this point in time, but. 
you know the timing, the the, the location. It, 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 it all, there there are a lot of different questions here, um, and also you know as I mentioned, um, the the whole fan experience with the, with the league has been kind of strained for a long time. It has been. It, I mean, I they can deny it all they want, but the, the you know Horizon League fans have for for years and years and years, and probably have probably had the same gripes and the same complaints as you and I have had over the years. And they've equal and uh, and it, it and to your point, I think they it, it has to my experience fallen on deaf ears. I don't know why it has, but you know, as much as you would like to, as much as you want to attempt to tout student athlete, which again, noble cause, student athletes would also like to play in venues where people actually are there to see them. This is a very important, you know, you know, you can you can you can talk about the student athlete experience all you want, and you know, again, to your credit, do, you know, do what you can do, but you know, you're. Your your basketball players are definitely very you know, you know I'm sure a lot of them aren't a big aren't big fans of you know playing in empty arenas um which is but that that's a whole other topic for a whole other day <laughs> um uh, so with that said um like I said we are halfway through the conference uh, conference schedule um as we mentioned last week and it really hasn't uh it really hasn't exactly changed from the, from the last week Northern Kentucky still remains at the top of the heat well um, as I say look to nobody's surprise if you look at the preseason standings everybody had Northern Kentucky and Wright State in some format, and here yeah. we are, nine games into an eighteen-game slate, and uh, they're one and two. Uh, NKU with a two-game lead yep. um, in the standings. A little bit of a surprise for Oakland, uh, although for our friend Matt, uh, not a surprise. He he was all over that to his yep. credit. True, very uh, true. Detroit, Detroit's an interesting case because you, when you think you have something and you think you know something, then all of a sudden they go on the road, they lose two games. Obviously, one without uh, Antoine Davis, which is yeah. uh, was crippling for them. A little um, bit, yeah, a lot of it actually. Out, a lot of it, and uh, you know. You look at IUPUI coming with a two wins this week to get to five and four, and so the standings really are kind of starting to shake out the way that people, you know, were thinking. The only yeah. exceptions maybe Detroit higher up than where they were thought to be, and UIC lower than where they were thought to be. But it's so close in that middle ground, five and, and four, and, four and, and five. And Cleveland stayed at the absolute bottom, which I don't think. Honestly, I didn't think. It, I mean, argue what you want. Nobody thought Cleveland State was going to be as bad as they are this year. I mean, no, seriously, I definitely thought they'd be better. But uh, you know, for the next nine games, the pregame song can be uh, started at the bottom now we're here so oh, they can geez. they can play that they can play that on the during hoopy hour uh, yeah they can play that in their empty ass arena where nobody wants to go because nobody gives a shit anymore <laughs> including including their including their athletic director who quit yeah so um <laughs> Yeah, welcome to my world, and I was hoping not to have to talk about that. So, um, but I do, however, uh, and this one, this one's kind of a surprise to me. It's also why I'm glad I got you on today. Um, Green Bay kind of started out like gangbusters. They were three and zero in the conference. They were sitting at the top, and then somewhere along the lines, the bottom kind of fell out. They lost five of the last six. So I'm a little that that one is a little I'm a little confused about that one. Well, the the defense has gone MIA for Green Bay. I mean, this week alone. If you look at the games that they gave 87 to Northern Kentucky and Drew mm-hmm. McDonald barely played because of an ankle injury. And he still got uh, 30 points. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> he and, had a hobbled ankle and he had 30 points. He, he's definitely boosting his resume for uh, for player of the year. So uh, I think he hit a three from the bench with an ankle boot on at one point. Geez, but I, I, I might have been watching a different game. And uh, then they had, you know, but in his stead, uh, Chris Vogt probably had his best game of his career against Green Bay. Yeah. And then Green Bay follows that up, goes to Wright State, who was coming off of a 56-54 win. And uh, they end up losing 87-75. So Green Bay plays two games this week, gives up 87 points. Yes, they play fast. There's a tempo and adjustment that has to go for that. But at the end of the day, they're just flat out getting out 
scored. They're getting yeah. you know tons of uh, you know penetration to the hoop, lots of miscommunications. It's it's they've got to work out their defensive end because for the most part their offense has been pretty consistent. They're going to score yeah. seven something points, but they're not stopping anybody right now. And uh, they're also getting uh, just mercifully killed on the glass. They have no inside presence at all. They're playing a lot of six six guys, and even in the Horizon League, you've got six six guys that can jump. There, you know, there's a bunch of six eight guys who are full of um, muscle and beef, and we're not getting those boards. We're certainly not getting a lot of contested rebounds. It feels like and. Uh, uh, the talent is there, but just bringing it all together and making it click. The good news for Green Bay, they've got um, all you know the home slate coming forward here. They've got NKU, Wright State, Detroit, Oakland, all at home. So maybe they can kind of sneak back into this thing and get in that top four and host a uh, first-round game. But right now, defense and rebounding is might as well be on a milk carton because it's missing in action. Yeah, so the, yeah, the, the, I think the second half adjustments are going to be very important for Green Bay. And to your point, of course, it's a much, it, it's going to be a favorable, and to your point, it's going to be a favorable schedule because obviously, um, you, and, you know, starting right off, starting right off with, uh, with Friday. Um, Friday, you got the, you got the game on, you got the home game against, uh, against Milwaukee. So you already yep. start off with kind of a, you know, the advantage as well. And then the next weekend, you go over to Cleveland State Youngs. Town State. Um, now, naturally, of course, uh, those are the road games. But uh, and, and of course, as we know, uh, Green Bay almost didn't. Uh, Green Bay, if not for a Sandy Cohen. Uh, if not for a Sandy Beautiful. Cohen buzzer beater, uh, are losing the Cleveland State that game, and obviously I'm I'm not as miserable as I am now. Um, but the that that looks like kind of a favorable for the for Cleveland State for Green Bay at least. That looks like a pretty favorable. It is a road trip, but it looks like a favorable road trip for Green Bay. Um, and they definitely course, have an opportunity with the way it's set up because their other road game is IUPUI and UIC. Now they've never beaten IUPUI in Horizon League play, and UIC's you know hit or miss in terms of how consistent they are, but uh, you know, it, it does set up well for Green Bay, but then the flip side of that for Green Bay is eight of the nine games that they played in conference play, mm-hmm. even though they're four and five, they were yeah. down ten points or more in eight of the nine games, so they've yes. got some, even the games they won, they're down ten points, so they definitely have some things they have to iron out here. That uh, is true. Forward, uh, the so. one benefit that they do have, obviously, is, and we've mentioned this multiple times um, over, over the course of the season, is that the that, that Green Bay does benefit from the fact that they do have a variety of offensive weapons, obviously. You know, you talk Cole, about Secondary, as I say, as secondary scorers from last week, you have Jaquan McLeod, you have Cam Hankerson, you have other guys that can put the ball in the basket besides Sandy Cohen. Exactly, so, exactly. Offense, yeah, you know, I never worry about them scoring enough points to win. I only worry about them not giving up enough or not giving up so many points. And right now, they're they're in a funk on that end of the court. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So you run, you know, obviously, you know, you with, with Green Bay, the issue is going to be if you run into a situation where you're going to have, you know, it's going to be hit or miss. But but again, you know, it, it's got to be something that's got to get addressed obviously because you know this is you're you're the phoenix are in a funk right now and i will sell i because we're talking about the phoenix i will spell funk ph by the way so if the phoenix are in a funk um may have that as but yeah the um <laughs> um so so they gotta really think about not getting they they they, they really have I, I think for for green bay it's gonna be that that milwaukee game is probably going to be or should be that adjustment game where they kind of 
kind of figure out some of the things they have, weren't able to figure out near the tail end of uh, in the last six games. Um, well, and that game's going to be played on campus in their 4,000-seat arena, so yeah. there hopefully going to be 3,000 or more people there, but 3,000 people in a small gym, I mean, it's like the Oakland atmosphere. Yeah. Hopefully that, that helps be a catalyst and that you know having a bigger crowd and a louder crowd doesn't actually uh, spook them, so to speak, like that they actually feed off of that as opposed to the other way around, feeling like they're going to play you know, more you know, pins and needles because there's people watching the game. Uh, so it can go either way, but I'm definitely looking forward to, to that, that game and hopefully getting to 5-5 five and five and a springboard to a, a good road trip for them. Yeah. Um, One of the good yeah. the, 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 as, as bad as the last the, the last six games have been on the, you know, in terms of wins and losses have been for Green Bay, the good news is, is the fact that there's such a logjam between 2nd and 8th place. That's the, I, and so there is the opportunity to kind of, because the way that, because of how kind of the middle of the pack, not in the middle of the pack, has been playing, there is at least, in it, there, there's at least the, the, the opportunity for, you know, if somebody missteps, for Green Bay to kind of jump in, or anybody for that matter, to jump in and be able to, um, you know, take one of those, take one of those top four, uh, top four seats and host well, a tournament game. I know, like, the Antoine Davis injuries listed as not severe. Yeah. But look at the difference. You know, they're 5-4 and four right in that log jam for Detroit. Yeah. Look at the difference between how they were playing with him and then, you know, they play without him against IUPUI and lose by 15 points. So to me, um, you know, that injury is really significant. Also yeah. for you, Bob, that should hopefully make you feel a little bit better. I mean, look how their team was not nearly as good without him. So yeah. I think Jimmy was the one that pointed it out. You're kind of saying, look at how fast Detroit has uh, built up their team. Well, look how fast their team uh, wasn't going anywhere when they're missing, you know, their main players. So I uh, could give you a little optimism at Cleveland State. I would love to have that optimism, but I have this very weird feeling. I I, I always have this generally weird feeling that I, I don't do optimism. When it comes to Cleveland State, I don't do optimism. I just do brutal, absolute reality, and we are in the winter of our discontent at this point, which is funny because it seems like we've been in this win- It's It's like Game of Thrones. When winter is here, winter is here for years. We're on year four. Hey, good news for you. If uh, your, whole, your whole thing has been, why wait till February? to have to watch them play. Well, February is, what, four or five days away, so hopefully there's a little I'll take for you in, in Cleveland State. But, you know, when you look at the standings, the way I see things right now, obviously Northern Kentucky and Wright State are looking pretty much like they're going to be one and two. Yeah. Youngstown and Cleveland State are looking pretty much like they're going to be nine and ten. But that middle ground, like, to get yeah. you know, get that home game, three, three and four is wide open, and there's, you know, there's six teams sitting there Absolutely. vying for that home game. So it's going to be a lot to watch down, That's down the be, stretch. Yeah, and I think that, yeah, and, and we, met, I, I'm, I think we mentioned that last Last week a little bit is that there's really that that middle group that three through eight and I would even I would you know the way the way you know right state is right state is six and three now and you know obviously you know they've had their own issues this season well so I would be I would actually venture to get I would actually venture to put them into that group as well just just based on the way their their season has gone which I would be I would actually I would be apt to see be I would be apt to see kind of how how the how these two through eight teams kind of kind of play them play it out. I mean, Northern Kentucky, you know, they're already two games up already. Um, do they have the option? Is there a chance that they might not be able to, you know, be able to perform? Is there a possibility that something horribly, horribly could go wrong? Sure. Is it going to happen? I, I doubt it. I, I do think, you know, and, and as I, you know, they, they may, they are, they're probably not going to run, the, I, I do not suspect that they're going to run the table for the last well, nine games of the season, but I do think they're really, really well positioned to, to be at the top of the standings before the tournament. I think their big thing right now is their mid 
mission is to win the conference, win the regular season, use that as a springboard to win the conference tournament and erase the erase the shattered dreams and the horrible, horrible memories of Cleveland State beating them last year. Yeah, I think uh, for Northern Kentucky, if I, if I remember correctly, they play at Wright State. There's an opportunity for yeah. a loss. So that's going to be a big crowd. It but is. they already played Oakland and Detroit in Detroit. Yeah. So they're going to get those games at home. Um, they're going to play at Green Bay and at Milwaukee. But those teams are kind of scuffling. So I think maybe one loss. I could see 16-2 and two for NKU and probably a yeah. three or four game lead when it's all said and done. Sure. And um, I definitely, I was wrong. I'll be the first to admit I was wrong. Like, coming into the season, I didn't think they were as good as they'd been in the past. But uh, they definitely are, uh, are uh, every bit of the preseason yeah. Uh, hype is justified for them. Yeah, I, I do see. I do see it as well. And, you know, and maybe it's because we've all been so focused on just Drew McDonald and and not kind of looking at the rest of the parts because the rest of the parts are doing pretty damn good too right now. I mean, the rest of the parts are definitely doing good. Yeah. and that's that's actually one of my things for uh, Wright State. Why I'm a little more sold. Like I was watching the game last night against Green Bay, and they had Skylar Potter and yeah. Malachi Smith, who are freshmen, yeah. who came in and made meaningful impacts for their team. Like I see their team improving versus. Yeah not what they started out as. That's and uh, whereas, whereas I see some of the other teams not having meaningful improvement from some of their players, like that organic growth. Like I see yeah. Oakland with uh, Trey Maddox. You know, there's a guy who's getting better every time I, I get a chance to watch oh, yeah. him. Oh, so yeah, absolutely. So I see some of the teams actually progressing, and um, a couple of teams, you know, are definitely kind of stuck in the mud right now. UIC, Green Bay, Milwaukee kind of definitely spinning their wheels. Every time they take a step forward, they take a, another one back. So. Uh, well, yeah, but well, to be fair, obviously, Milwaukee was... Milwaukee was it was a shot of you know Milwaukee did uh, did only uh, did only lose to Wright State by two. So I mean, I don't think I don't think Milwaukee's is as stuck in the mud as the other ones you mentioned. But yeah, it, it, it's it, there's going to be some soul searching on their on their ends very uh, a little bit. So uh, that that's definitely something to take a look at. And definitely something to consider. Um, well, they but, can start finding their soul on February second. That's the Saturday morning after they hopefully lose in the Crescent Center in Green Bay. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So and, and with that, uh, we're gonna go ahead and close out the podcast. Uh, Jim. Jim, once again, thank you very much for filling in. Really appreciate it. Uh, Thanks so, for having me, Bob. Sure, no problem. Jimmy, uh, you know, we know you're listening. Uh, get well soon, sir. Um, and, of course, you can find episodes of the Horizon Roundtable on uh, sportshacks.com, H-A-X.com, and you can find episodes on um, wherever you can find podcasts. Uh, we're everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Um, and, Bob, I, I assume Horizon Link's going to give you a retweet on that uh, when you send the link out, right? Sure, Jam. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to happen. All right, well, uh, so that is it, and uh, thanks for listening.